Tell you something, the man that we got in here today. Not a person. He's a people. He's a people. Like James Brown said of Michael Jackson, this is not a person, this is a people. Now, as I said before, James Brown was on he was on a little book of sugar when he said that. But he was on to something. We the only thing that we high on on this podcast is the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. Hey, Brit, hey, listen. Please. You feel me? The That's spirit it. is near. The spirit is here. <laughs> and you know who else is here? Man, we got Dr. Bishop Deacon. Now I'm just Yes, Arch. We Archbishop straight from the Vatican. You I was just playing. No, nah, but we have the illustrious, yes. industrious, yes. strong, <laughs> preaching, wheeling, and dealing, not yes. the bad way. That's I feel right. Like, I feel like, I literally feel like I'm in a black college and I'm the dean of the line. Bro, yes, that's what you gotta do. That's what we want you to feel like that. <laughs> who do we got coming to the stage, brother KB? <laughs> That's I'm hilarious. trying to tell you, I'm bro. I'm trying to tell you, bro. Don't make me turn into school days up in this yeah, mug. Go crazy. So, that so is hilarious. <laughs> who we got is we have the illustrious, industrious Doctor Eric Mason. Eric, the problem, the man. Mason. Oh, the man. man, the myth, the legend, the mystery, the experience, the monument, the movement. I don't know how many this other things I can say. Listen, if the, if the the, the 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 type of intransigence that that you must have oh, to deny this man. And his his do. Do you understand who's here right Listen. now? Listen, okay. So make sure you make sure you stretch. Listen and get now, ready. And a lot of y'all like right pass the show and go. Right, pass the show and go can't hold a candle to this man this right brother here. Right here. When you want to talk about preaching, yes, you go and get this man. That's right. He is your favorite preacher's preacher. You understand? Okay. So, do me a favor, brothers and sisters. Make some noise for Dr. Eric Dr. Mason. Glad to be here, gents. Glad to have you. I mean, who shuts down? Hey, listen, I said it earlier. No. If he come on your feed. No, it's not happening. See, I mean, just waits until everybody run their just, trap. Yeah, just get their arguments out. And then he out. says, I'm about to slide uh, in no. here <laughs> with such historical, exegetical, no. and theosophical, philosophical <laughs> precision. And just jumps in and just Chopping it down. Then nobody said anything else yes. on the beat after that. Yes. And then I'm we got to miss the nah, 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 so, listen, brother, listen. I'm a we, fan. I just want to let y'all know that. Man, I'm a fan. Oh, man. thank you. And, thank and, you and, man. and the respect is mutual. And Amen. Uh, Amen. we are, are, are honored to have this moment. We want to take full advantage of this and go as deep as the Lord will allow. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So, while we have the doctor, we want to, to, to give him as much space as possible to really address some things that are really, really important to mm-hmm. us on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, number one, we've talked about, we've referenced this book. Um, that I just referenced to another pastor friend of mine uh, called The Anatomy of Deconversion. There's this book that is talking about, it's just really a study on mm-hmm. what we all are aware of. Yeah. People 
are exiting the back door of the church like more than ever before. For every yeah. one person that converts to Christianity, three are deconverting. There's the also shows, yeah. something happening in our space, particularly in black and brown spaces. I'm sure it's happening elsewhere, but that's in the context that we serve in the most. Mm-hmm. This idea of deconstruction. Yeah. Can you please be our tour guide to through what deconstruction is and maybe some of the things that you would pushed back on or encouraged in that sort of cultural phenomenon? First off, thanks for having me on. Um, deconstruction really isn't something new. I mean, the definition of deconstruction is really just uh, reevaluating your core beliefs, mm-hmm. seeing if they're your core beliefs and if done properly, then you either solidify good core beliefs or you create false beliefs that become core beliefs. Mm. Um The modern day form of um, of deconstruction comes really through the philosophical arena, which a lot of people don't know. Jerry Derrida uh, Mm -hmm. started really doing this with his students as matters of reading different materials in his class in his Mm. philosophy class and just having them deconstruct it. So from there, in the philosophical arena, a lot of the philosophy professors, his his peers began to kind of look at him like. Um, Cause it, for them, it was getting a little wild. And again, I'm not a scholar on this. So my philosophy people don't so beat me up. I'm just a reader a little bit. Cause I'm like, that's not right. You know how we do. And so, um, but what he began to do is they began to chastise uh, that methodology and uh-huh. that methodology of deconstructing. Cause of course, philosophy is a form of deconstruction, right. sure. but they were criticizing his methodology where soon, I don't even know where it began, but somehow, I don't know if it was Christians. Cause I've watched tons of videos on, young Christians that have gone to undergrad mm-hmm. and everybody know when you go to undergrad, you get in that philosophy class and he know he or she knows you are oh, a Christian. Right. They coming for your <laughs> neck. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it came out of that and then it grew over time. So I don't know the ontological epistemological origins and growth of it. I just know that it kind of got thrown into culture several years ago and it began getting thick by mm. 2018. And now I think it's coming to a head. Mm. And so when you talk about this idea of deconstruction, I think deconstruction, like I, we're doing a series on it now. And I talk about how the first deconstruction was in Genesis three, you know, that's yeah. when deconstruction started. It wow. started when God gave Adam and Eve law, Satan comes in mm-hmm. and questions God's law mm. and tries to replace it with it meaning something else that it didn't mean. Right. By saying, basically, did God say? Mm-hmm. That's the first statement right. of deconstruction. Right. And all deconstruction for those who are believers always starts with the, did God say? Sure. And then from there, he begins to question it. And then she begins to basically reword what God said. He said, you may eat of every tree freely of the God. She said, you may eat of every tree. And so then you see how mm. the dialogue begins to break very down subtle. Right. very subtle. And then words get missing. Mm-hmm. Then she starts adding to what God said to keep herself loyal to God, which is legalism. Mm. She said, eat it or touch it. And oh, God she, didn't say that. She added right. the extra. She added the extra. And if you read Genesis two, it doesn't say that. And so why is that important? But I think that it's, a, I think deconstruction is super important, particularly for people who've grown up in the church and for preacher's kids. Friend, uh, another brother wow, was talking about really that today, good. about preacher's kids deconstructing a lot. And he was giving me some, I'm not privy on all of that information, but I'm sure it's happening because it's happening with Christians in general. Uh-huh. And so because of that, I think when you grow up in youth ministry, in a youth environment or a uh, uh, Sunday school or whatever, and you're kind of 
indoctrinated with different things, you do have to come to a point where you're saying, I know I've grown up around the community of faith. However, do I believe that Jesus Christ is God? Mm. Um, do I believe that Jesus is the only way? Do I believe the Bible is infallible? Uh, or do I believe that the earth started by a big bang? Do I believe mm -hmm. that the earth, the universe is expanding or do I believe the universe is fully expanded? Do I, and so yeah. you, you have to, I think it's healthy to wrestle through those things, but I tell people to be careful of wrestling alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people, they tend to shut off, but it's, some of it's our fault mm -hmm. because we don't know how to let people doubt in peace. Ooh. Mm -hmm, that's good. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think you can doubt, but when we try to fix people really, really quickly, uh -huh. because we're afraid of what might happen. Listen, one of the things I learned from ministering to people for 27 years is God loves people more than you do. Mm. Say that. Say that. Like if you don't, if you listen, you you will go crazy if you think you love people more than God. Oh. Right. And if you don't trust, and that doesn't mean be passive, but it means trust God with the process of Him loving them through you. Sure. And give them room for doubt. And even sometimes it'll feel like they went off the cliff fully into their doubt. Mm. And you have to be patient and gracious enough to kind of walk with them versus pressing them. But knowing when to, it's kind of like double dutch. You remember double dutch? Yep. You ever played yeah, double yeah, dutch? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, before they get in, they go like this. Right. Because you were trying to get in between mm -hmm. the, when they, when they, when they, the swung. When they right. get in like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to jump in right Can't there. That That's how we have to treat listening to people who doubt oh, we have to know when like, there's a gap to jump in and to be able to well kind of play double dutch with them a little bit well yeah. said yeah, brother yeah, that's yeah. so good yeah one of the things that you shared um in your your uh general session today was you were talking about how for some folks they are realizing that they've been given this package deal, mm -hmm. Christianity, mm -hmm. and in that package is all kind of stuff that's being elevated to the level of salvation. You yeah, know what I'm right, saying? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who you voted for, mm -hmm. do you love your neighbor? Eh, pretty much the same thing. So and so that, that old package Christianity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for some people, have been, you know, wrestling, you know, by God, man, God helped them, but for years <clears throat> right. with a particular, you know, you, we got our, we all got our pet sins mm -hmm. that. You keep it at bay and it feels like freedom would be giving in. Mm -hmm. That the, the, the resisting temptation yeah, 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 yeah. is the yeah, true yeah, bondage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The temptation itself is actually liberation. Can you speak to a little bit of that for us? Yeah, I think we don't realize how colonized we are. Mm. Um, all of us, I think colonization, decolonization <laughs> is like sanctification, uh. literally. Mm -hmm. It's the process by which you're no longer decolonized, just like sanctification is the process by which you become actually holy. Right. So when you look at, you know, Edica Milan, 320, I mean, 313 AD, when Constantine made Christianity the state religion, the religion of the Roman Empire, that was a major challenge because when you have people grow up in a place where we say, well, everybody's Christian because... The empire's Christian. Yeah. Mm. Everybody's Christian because we pray before this, because prayer is in our school system because of. And right. so when you begin to remove some of those things, you begin to say, I caught we stop being Christian. But being Christian isn't a culture. Right. <laughs> Right. Being Christian is based on regeneration by faith alone, through grace alone, Come through Christ on, alone. Right. Come on. And so, and so now. I think I actually think cultural resistance is the best thing for Christianity. Yes. Ooh. I think it's good for church and state to be separate 
because we know who ain't saved. Uh-huh. <laughs> like when you when, when someone is born into a like even in Muslim countries, um, they will tell you I'm a Muslim, but they're not a practicing Muslim. Right. Because when you have a religious system that's connected to the government, it becomes culturally imperialistic and almost kind of like a cultural language. Yeah. And so I think it, therefore those people in those societies, particularly in a society that's Christian, they're the hardest to evangelize. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't prove to them. You ask them, so when did you come to know Jesus as your savior? This is keeping it a buck, right? Well, I always knew Jesus. Well, you can't read John 3 and say yeah, that. Yeah, right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Like, no, like, you can't say that. And so, and so, but people, but I, I do think, I don't think you have to say, well, I was I was on, at the at 12 o'clock midnight on the 15th. Of, right. I don't, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that. Like, and I'm not saying that you got to know the exact day, but there should be a sense that I put my faith specifically in Jesus Christ at this particular point. Right. With the way Christianity is now, because Constantinianism bled through Europe, the culture of Constantinianism, where uh, the Church of England became kind of like the staple after the Great Schism during about 1100 AD. And and like even both of those in Eastern and Western culture, there's like like Christian countries. And so when that happens, people have a hard time deciding whether they're Christian. So now you have Europe just became post-Christian, mm-hmm. just became post-Christian. Post, well, some would say post-post-Christian, but with 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 um, slavery and all of that happening, when when people considered themselves a Christian nation, where the Puritans viewed themselves as a new Israel, and they're promoting, like when you have that philosophy come down, that means that everything that you did was connected to Christianity. Right. So those who who are who are descendants of slaves. We viewed that cultural imperialism as a partner and and and, and basically complicit in our slavery. Right. So instead of saying no, those people claim to be Christians and enslaved us. We don't say that. We'll say Christianity is a white man's religion. Right. Yes. Christianity and enslaved right. us. Why? Because we have created a culture where we've trained people to merge culture and Christianity in a way where they feel like in order to have their sanity and to be free, they not only have to be freed from from white supremacy and oppression, they have to be freed from Christianity. So now we have to, now we're in the process, those of us who are doing this, y'all doing through art, through podcasts, through thought leadership, through pastoring, now we're trying to rebrand Christianity. Right. Wow. Like we have to read, like people, everybody talking about branding. Right. The thing that needs branding the most is Christianity. Yep. Mm-hmm. And listen, listen, people say, well, Brandon, that's that's secular. Well, Paul says, you receive the signs of a true apostle. What yeah. is that called? Yes. Right. That, that's, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> when Jesus, when Jesus came back, it was done in order that the prophets that was branding him right. based on God's redemptive historical communication through the prophets. He's branding that he's connected to that prophetic lineage. Mm-hmm. And then he uses branding to let you know that the Pharisees aren't. Right. Wow, but wow, he brands wow. them with the people who rejected the prophets, wow, right. which is branding. That's, right. That's it's exactly a, it's, what it is. It's association mm-hmm. of an image. Yeah, right. say that, bro. That's right. all it is. Come on. Right. And so branding Do- is Dr. Bra- Tony Evans actually <laughs> said that, that when you convert to Christianity, you join a cosmic heavenly marketing team. Yes, sir. That's exactly yes, what sir. it is. Yes, sir. Yes, You're sir. a yeah. marketer of the kingdom. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well said, bro. Yeah, part of the Great yeah, Commission. Yeah. And so we got to stop demonizing that because I think um, that's why, you know, one of our favorite verses is, now one of him was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that is at work within you. To him be glory, <laughs> to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus from this generation to the next. That's 
glory branding. Right. Yeah, right. Like we're image bearers and we're supposed to reflect God's image generationally. Yeah. And even though we're not the same color, there sh- the brand, there should be brand similarity, even though there may be contextual differences. Mm-hmm. Sure. The problem is, is, is that, is that, is that the whole CRT Marxist thing, they don't realize that their brand closely relates more to Constantinianism than it does biblical Christianity. Mm. Yes. Amen. Mm. And they can, and the blindness of not being able to see the difference lets you know that it's so seared in their consciousness that they can't even see the difference. Between. See. Right, right. But then on the other side, you have ethnocentrism. You don't respond to white supremacy with ethnocentrism. Right, right. You don't that, that which is a flesh is flesh. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, yes. so you got to respond to that issue with a with because there's spiritually something behind that sure. that right, you right, respond right. to. So yeah. That's powerful. No, yeah. that's that is powerful because what has happened is that Christianity has essentially become a civic religion. Absolutely. And then that's just what that's just well, we're the Christian nation. And like you said, because the nation is Christian, I'm Christian. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, that's right. Not, and, and, and that's just not how it works. And then also we associate that with white supremacy. Then I always think about we get those arguments. Speaking of speaking of the the when we thinking about apologetics, right? I get those arguments all the time. I was raised my my father's Muslim. That's why my name is Amin. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah. name is Amin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and but you get the the arguments about Christianity being the white man's religion, which in a sense is is a very in its sense is a form of white supremacy. I mean, white supremacists right, want right, you to right, think right, that, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that this is ours. This is yes. this is ours. It's, an, it's not yours. But um. But yeah, I think that as it becomes this civic religion, um, you have folks that don't understand that in this package deal Christianity that they that they that they've gotten um, this all of the all of the other philosophical aspects of the civic religion is baked into it. Sure. And like you said, when you don't recognize it, when it's taken for granted, you don't even see that when you think about the CRT stuff, when you think about all of that, that you're actually ex- an extension of it. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 and don't see the Because you're the trying difference. to protect the brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's powerful, man. It's powerful, man. I, I think that's that the other thing that we'll, we'll have these experiences where someone naming the name of Jesus will, whether it's online, you can see it obviously in Twitter conversations, but you can go on YouTube right now and see video after video after video of somebody claiming to be where they are on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, cursing somebody out over a mask, Mm -hmm. cursing somebody out over who they voted for, and they don't at all see the the conflict. That somehow me going out literally threatening to injure people and cursing them out, tearing yeah. them down with my words yeah, yeah. actually isn't causing an issue for yeah. my religion. Right, in fact, right, right, it's right. an expression of my yeah. devotion. Right. Because right, the way right, of empire right. is not the way of kingdom. That's and, and interesting enough, it, it's funny, very shortly after Constantine made that official, the whole Roman empire came yeah. crashing down. Not to say that that was the exact reason, right. but it, it also shows you that a part, I feel like a part of what is important for for our, you know, our, our, a lot of our evangelical brothers and sisters who are caught into this sort of world of package deal Christianity, that they think that they're preserving the success of the country by keeping up this veneer of Christianity, this form of Christianity Absolutely. that doesn't have the power of the God, of God behind it. Right. And we've seen historically, I mean, the Roman Empire was... was uh, it extended beyond the, the existence of our nation. It was right, it, right, it was right. it was as successful, not more successful. Right, right. And it isn't when you have a civic religion where you're forcing people to like your God yeah. that you actually see the That's fruit that where, you actually say right. you want. Right. 
So and anyways. that's also not how we see the fruit, fruit of Christianity be spread throughout the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Just just to be honest, when, when we see forward? the king, the kingdom were mo- was moving forward a lot of the times in the face of uh, uh, oppression, persecution. Not saying that we all have to be, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying, or masochists. But I'm saying that one of the things that I think that what civic religion, the the kind of Christian nationalism, puts folks in fear of is Christians being. Um, opposed. That's why we are again. That's why I say it's a difference between I think the way of empire and then the way of kingdom. That we have grabbed a lot of what we believe of Christianity yeah. from Rome, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then and then we we think that this is Christianity, and you don't recognize that a lot of your fear of being on the outside of power yeah. is exactly how the church thrived in the scriptures. Yeah. 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 But yeah. the the way that we the way that you think the church thrives is via power, yeah. and that's empire the way yeah, of empire yeah, yeah. not kingdom right, right. that's how empires thrive yeah. is by power but yeah. but i'm sorry go ahead yeah, yeah. go ahead yeah well mm-hmm. well doctor um that is extremely helpful for Thank us you. to yes. think through yeah 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 yeah, yeah. now for that person in the audience right now um who is they're, they're kind of towing that line right now mm-hmm. where they are. Cause the thing is that some folks are finding some legitimate stuff that needs to be deconstructed. Some stuff needs to die, man. It does, right. It does. It does. What's your word to that? That the, and, 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 and mind you, a lot of folks in our audience are watching Christian leaders, writers, pastors, so on and so forth, continuing the sully or perpetuate a brand of oppression or punning this thing all together. Yeah. Now they're like, what do I do with this? Cause I got questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your word to them? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that um, I think is very, very important is number one, to understand Christianity is a monolithic. Yeah. And a lot of times the tribe we in affect how we process Christianity. Oh. And, um, and, and, and another piece of it, um, you know, when people talk about the Bereans, they often talk about their commitment to seeing if what Paul said was accurate. Huh. But no, they never talk about that they did it together. Oh, amen. Hold on to your butt. Amen. Like, I, like, wow. I just think this end of the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse one. He who isolates himself. Yes. Seeks his own, own desires, desires, and desires and yeah. breaks out against all, all sound, sound judgment. Counsel. Yeah. Say that, right. You know what I'm saying? Against all sound counsel or judgment, right? Right. And what happens is, is people, they, like, even in their deconstructing, they don't even recognize that their individualism is Western. Oh. Like, yes. Like, That's like, very like, true. Like, 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 like it's That's... funny. The very thing you're speaking against, you're using as your tool to do what it wasn't meant to ever to do. That's so good. You know, and so I think a lot of times it's like, dude, you just need to get around. You need, you do need do to do that. You need to get around like other solid Christians that aren't in your tribe. Mm. Ah. Because like, like for instance, a a large deconstruction is happening among African-Americans who were saved and influenced by white conservative circles. Right. That's what some, like for me, like I can't, I mean, y'all know it's artists, and that's where the major deconstruction right, right. Uh-huh. That's the same that's, thing with us. It's yeah. super happening. Yes. And I'm talking about where it ends bad. Right, right. Because what, what happens is somebody disappears or they don't say much, and then they come out something different. Right. You know, and I think, man, when we say, yo, man, I'm questioning some, we need to have, make space to say, hey, I'm questioning some things. Um, I don't know where to go. If people just feed you, 
Like this is how you know your tribe is unhealthy to process with if they feed you tribalism. Mm. Now, what is tribalism? The rubric of how that tribe keeps score, not how God keeps score. Say Ooh. that. Say that. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, so, so if I ask my tribe about, for instance, if I'm asking my tribe, yo, man, like why is Jesus, why is he always white? I just want to know that. Why does color matter? Hold up. That's not where you got to learn that from. Right. Because they don't, they don't get it. But if, you, if someone says, you know what? I don't know. But let me check. Or they say, you know what? Um, that's been something we've wondered, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, can, you, can, you can start with the few key questions to know where your safe space is. Mm-hmm. That sound. I'm not right. talking about go to the devil's around talking about, and, oh, I got a dancer for you. Come you say, in. I got you, bro. I got you, know, you covered. I say, you know, <laughs> you know we can you work through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm about, I'm it doesn't about, exist. That's I'm why. T- that's I'm what about the proven, says. proven possible healthy spaces. Because I would challenge people who are deconstructing um, to deconstruct their deconstruction. Ooh. Oh. In other words, you have to hold your deconstruction accountable. Right. Like a lot of times we think our deconstruction is God or it's truth. Like how you see things. And I'm like, dude, how you see things isn't how things should necessarily be seen. So you have to ask, why am I deconstructing? Why is it important? Why is the challenge of Jesus complexion affecting my entire view of Christianity? Why? Because I experienced spiritual abuse in this church. Am I questioning Christianity when it was just this church that I experienced abuse in? Why am I getting rid of the church when I was only at one church, was never a member and served, but just saw something that was wrong and I'm deconstructing my faith? Why am I deconstructing my faith? And I just grew up in this church. I never really became a member. I never remember getting saved or being baptized or being in like fully in because that's what tripped me out. People say I was a Christian. I was like. Where? Uh-huh. Like I'd be like, like you ask a lot of conscious people. I was a, I grew up, I, I was a Christian. I said, so, so when did you become a believer? Well, I was baptized. I said, I didn't ask you that. Mm. What's the gospel? Yeah. How do you get saved? And when you begin probing, they may have their grandmama may have taken them to church, right? But they get clout by going in the conscious community, saying that they were a Christian, mm-hmm. so that they can kind of act like they're an expert mm-hmm. on the Christian faith. Right. Who left, and you get popular. It's popular, like it's pastors out here saying, the, "I'm former pastor." If I went out there, do you know what? How many views I would get oh, right my now? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. If I say it right now, I'm a former pastor. Now, why is all? Why am I saying all of this is important? Because I think we don't. We we think more highly of our thoughts than we ought to. And so that's why we have to begin. That's why the Bible says lean on into your own understanding. But I do think that we gotta we gotta fight the individualism that's in our culture and begin to encourage people. And that's why I'm encouraging you with who are watching and you because I got so many going through this message on deconstruction. I've gotten so many people saying, Pastor, I'm deconstructing my faith. This would happen. Um some somebody hit me up, said the pastor had, had raped. Uh, her friend and he got uh, HIV. So you're like, D- so he's f- working through like, what does this mean for Christianity? Right. Because that person was my Christianity. Sure. Right. Yeah. And right. so how do I deal with the fact that every time I go take whatever treatment you take for it, the origin of that was a pastor. Christ. And so now how do you now work through how do you th- go through therapy mm-hmm. that helps you to begin to chart and categorize all of the different things that broke your heart as it relates to Jesus, God, the Christian faith, mm. and how, so that you don't reduce 
Jesus, the Christian faith, to your experience wow. mm-hmm. that you had. Because you can reduce Jesus to what experience. And you might have said, where were you, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so all of those different things, we have to be like, that's when it becomes a community. And listen, God's not going to answer all the questions. Sure, say yeah. that. Let me, let, let me, like, I didn't talk about it today, but a lot of times we hold God hostage to the mystery that he didn't reveal. Mm. We don't give God any hidden things. Right, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. No so such thing. That's nothing, why I said the things revealed. The hidden right. things nothing, are mine, too. Nothing belongs to him. It all belongs to us. <laughs> right, we right, deserve right. to know. Yeah. And listen, I've learned, listen, y'all, y'all got kids. Y'all know. Kids say, why? You want to slap the taste? <laughs> <laughs> but, then there, but then there are reasons sometimes if I tell my child, hey, come here and they don't come and it's not a bad situation. When I'm disciplining my child, I don't want to have to explain to you why I'm telling you to come. Right, right. I just need you to come because you don't know it's a somebody's trying to sex traffic you. Something. Right, right, like, right. You have to be able to respond without me having to be able to explain it because I might not have enough time to explain it to keep you safe. Facts. Right, right, right. So we right. got to be able to do the same with God. Sure. If God says don't do something, I think, I, I just, maybe, I don't know, he created the world. Yeah, he might he have let me some breathe idea. He, he may just be kind of like a trustworthy <laughs> cat <laughs> to kind of listen to. Possibly you know? in the ballpark. And, and I'm, trying, I'm not trying to, uh, and I don't, what I want to do is I don't want to uh, uh, make your doubt cynical sure sure right, but right, i right. do want you to engage your doubt with just as much intensity as you engage the church that's powerful Ooh, brother that's good. i'm thinking about um kbj my first son and as i'm trying to now kbj is a is a pretty easy kid to to father at least father at least right now he is <laughs> and um, model citizen yeah he's a model <laughs> citizen he's a rural follower he, he wants to obey does a little sweet little gentle uh Little, you know, reminders, affirmation. Dad, you're just a good dad. That like little seven-year-old encouraging little boy. And uh, one of the things that, in my very limited knowledge about parenting, I realized early on is that I don't have even the words to give him to explain every situation. So Absolutely. I, he, the vocabulary that <laughs> he, he would even it. need right. for me to, to for, for him to process what I'm saying, he doesn't have access to when his good. five-year-old That's right. mind, he doesn't even have That's it. Right. So That's right. what I, what I, what I learned is I want him to always know. In fact, we do this regularly, which is it's awful because he's actually uh, all my, my Keanu loves to do it. What KBJ is pushing away. We do trust falls. So mm-hmm. like we brush his teeth in the morning. I'll say trust fall. Like daddy, daddy, no, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I'm like, have I ever dropped you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. I said, well, I'm not going to drop you now. If I can get him to trust me, mm-hmm. then if I say, do not do it, especially if it's in the moment, I'm going to get the compliance that will not just be something that ministers to me, saves the little boy's life. Absolutely. And I'm thinking particularly about, we were at first watch. We, we, I do this thing with KBJ where we do missions where I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna put you on a mission. And then he, and he's all, he's a very missional dude. He's like, please, man, t- what do you want me to do? And I'll say, I need you to go run and touch that fire hydrant. I need you to walk around it three times and then come over here and uh, say a, a password or something like that. Anyways, I sent him on a mission. I told him to touch a tree and he missed the tree that I was talking about. and thought I was talking about another tree that was across the street. Yeah. And, uh, so I said, you know, so we, we started the mission. I said, go, he runs right past the tree. I told him to touch and he went for the tree that would, would put him directly in the line of traffic brothers. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. The car was come. There was a car coming about 15, 20 miles per hour at the exact speed. He, it would, the 
it would have hit him. Mm. And I just simply shouted, stop. Mm -hmm. He immediately stopped in his tracks. Car just went right by him. Wow. 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 And I I brought him back and, and held him and, and sat there and looked at my wife and said, this is why obedience matters. Amen. This is That's why right. That's right. when I cannot That's explain, right. That's right. I need That's you right. to trust me right. that right. I am good and would not ever tell you something to do you dirty. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is people say, well, why would God put the tree in the middle of the garden? Oh, no, you did. Well, why, would, why would you do something like that? Why would he put a tree there that would bring death to everything? Mm. Um, love. Mm. Mm. Choice. Mm. God wants you to choose him. Mm. It's not, he doesn't want you to, God is not putting you under hip. No, he wants you to choose him. He wants mm. you to choose to follow him. Right. But then people don't recognize that he did a second act of love. Say that. When he kicked him out of the garden. Ooh. What was the second act of love? He said, people think that he kicked them out of the garden because they sinned. That wasn't the, that wasn't the foundational reason. Huh. If you read the text, it says, so that they will not eat from the tree of life. Huh. Mm. Why? Because if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you die and you eat from the tree of life, you'll be eternally dead. Wow. <laughs> so he loved us enough to say, I'll give them the tree of life by hanging my son on a tree. Mm. So, so, so again, like God, like, yeah, we, we don't talk about the other tree. We don't. We never <laughs> talk about it. I, I literally have never, never thought about never, it. Yeah. Never. The, there's a like practicality right, right there. The other, the other tree. tree, bro. Yo, <laughs> and then you got Christ Jesus stepping in. Yes, right, sir. Right. Yes, sir. With the ultimate tree. Right. Yeah, that's it. Man. Yeah. Ultimate tree of life. So, so, man, when you think about all of this, like, God is um, infinite in his wisdom. And what's dope is that God was like, oh, Oh, like, you know how we are like, if the media go out, we like, oh, what's, what's happening right now? God said Jesus was slain before the foundation of the earth. Wow, the land Think about all of this. Yes. We, like, God already, had got, nothing catches him by surprise. Wow. And so the whole idea of the redemptive story is God telling his story and involving us in it. Amen. And your story, your deconstruction is a part of your story. Yeah. And um, the hope is is that that won't lead you away from his story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's healthy if we say, hey, because I, I I remember a few years ago when I was starting back doing Urban Apologetics, and people was throwing some stuff at me I hadn't heard because the internet, you know, information is, right. information, it hit a little different now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More information you know? than and people so now. I was, I'm sitting in there like, I don't know this one. And, my, and something in me was like, see, I told you this joint wasn't like you spent your life work mm. up on this. And I was like, then there's another voice. that was like, no, um, press in. God can answer this challenge. And I started and I just was like, man, this is scary. This is scary. And as I was researching, the Holy Spirit was doing like this. As I was stepping, as I was stepping out, uh-huh. more information will come. Uh-huh. Step out, more information will come. Uh-huh. Step out. And then it was like, Dang, then I realized how much of a lie the original thing that made me wonder, like, what am I doing a Christian as a pastor? I'm sitting there like, what am I doing here? And then I'm like, it, it wasn't like I'm about to lead a pastor, but it was right. just kind of like, man, this is sort of scary. Yeah. And I could sense, I mean, I didn't hear all the voice or anything. I could sense God saying, I can handle this. Mm, mm. I can handle any level of doubt you got. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. And I kept going into 
the the mishap and the mess of it and just God began to fill in the blanks for me and then there were some places where he didn't mm-hmm. and I was but it wasn't a deal breaker that I couldn't trust him sure sure mm-hmm. sure and so that's the key we got to work through what are your deal breakers yeah, yeah, yeah. what are your faith deal breakers right 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 like cuz you're never like you're never going to get enough information out to walk by faith right it, it, right like never like, like if you think that's why the Bible says we know in part, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Amen. God we never, right. even with dimly. the Bible and the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, where you are, wherever you are on it, I believe in them all. Right. If it, even with all of that, we still know in part. Mm-hmm. So God didn't tell us everything. He told us all we needed to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a powerful distinction. Yeah. Amen. Powerful yeah. distinction. Yeah. I, I love that you use that word scary, even as a pastor. I mean, I, yeah. I have felt moments where um, I'm particularly thinking about um, I was in a sermon series on Colossians and somehow it landed. It was my turn uh, to preach mm-hmm. and it was on the, the household codes that talks about the slave. Oh yeah, man. And I remember opening this text and I started to, you know, you do the little, you know, a quick search, you know, what are people saying about this? <laughs> Absolutely. Everything I was hearing was just trash. I was like, that is definitely not what, that can't be what's being said here. I, I found, especially on this issue of slavery. Yeah. That you got to be really, really careful about who it is that you are studying, who you, who it is that you, you are allowing to kind of walk you yes, through sir. that in scripture, uh-huh. because what you will find from some of the more traditional reformed thinkers on this, which is the, the, the well that I am normally drinking from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there hasn't been a lot of thought given to it. Nope. They kind of mm-hmm. maul over it because it doesn't really bother anybody in your, it doesn't really your, bother no, the man. people kind of in your community. No one where, is coming in to ask you that question. No one's like, man, I'm thinking about punting the faith because I got this little thing about, like a lot of folks will do. In fact, when we did the uh, Bible study on it uh, in accompanying the sermon, folks will be marking up Colossians all through, you know, all kind of marginality and stuff like that. And they'll get to that verse and that verse. Right, right, right. Skip right over that and go down the full uh-huh. one. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And man, as I, 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 I had to go because it took me about a week. It took me about a week of studying this thing. Like, I don't know if I got an answer to this because in the, in, the, in the pop answers, Aren't it? Yeah. And it got, the Lord struck me in two ways. The first thing was, do you trust that you can let the Bible speak Mm. and that you will never, ever be able to find something in there that will show God to not be good? Mm. That if there is some kind of cognitive dissonance happening, but there's some disconnect that the problem is mapped onto my misunderstanding, not the character of God. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? And the second thing was, there's something about my Bible study that says if I want to know about what the Bible is saying about slavery from some theologians, I don't even go to theologians that were slaves at one point. Yep. Why not go talk to the cats that flee the, the, the plantations or go talk to the cats that were writing theology out of their own oppression? Right. like. For we don't even realize that Paul was writing out of his oppression. He was a slave to the state when he wrote Colossians. That we don't see that this is much deeper than us just going to the gatekeepers and them telling us what it is. But it's wrestling, Mm -hmm. wrestling with those who have wrestled with this in reality, not just in theology, but they have to wrestle with what is God saying to the person in oppression if it's written by individuals who are trusting God in oppression. Man, right. what, what does that mean for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, I think, man, um, you, you know, 
wrestling, I'll never forget one of my professors said in school, he said, um, some of my greatest sermons are messed up by studying the text. <laughs> and um and um you the Bible know will destroy your you know, theology. Because you know sometimes if you if you if you're a Negro going into them texts, you're already trying to figure out how you can finagle them texts around uh-huh. and work through them. And like and you don't realize that you're using Western experience as a way to read. Like I like I told, and I know we gotta run. I told um I, you know, a, a comedic dude was talking to me about, you know, slavery in the Bible. Uh-huh. And uh, he was he was getting at me, you know, what about the, those verses on slavery? I said, well, which slavery are you talking about? Uh. He said, what you mean? I said, so are you talking about Israelite slavery? Are you talking about Canaanite slavery? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Assyrian slavery? Are you talking about Greco-Roman slavery, yeah. Babylonian slavery, Persian slavery? <laughs> which one? He's like, what you mean? I said, all of those texts are contextually written mm-hmm. under different slavery Absolutely. systems. Right, right. Yeah. The right. most just one is the one under the law, and that's really because they didn't have an un- un- they didn't have an unemployment office. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so the way there was no yeah, and, and there, was, there was a limit, there was no social and it was and it was indentured, and it was just. Yeah. So it was so, but we think of it as you can't take your Western experience of slavery yes. and read the law based on. Chattel slavery right, of our right, country, because yeah, right. because in the Old Testament that was not chattel slavery, right. unless you decided that's what you were going to do for your life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, 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 I know we got. Yeah, we're reading the text. No, no, no. Before we go, brothers and sisters, this episode has been brought to you by our good friends, CSB version of Scripture, one of our favorite versions of the Bible, readable, very, very accessible, mm-hmm. a solid translation. Uh, that's the official translation of our, our church, actually. So check out the website below um, mm-hmm. to learn more about how you can get one of these in your hand. And of course, Samaritan Ministries is a community of Christians paying for one another's medical bills without the use of insurance. You'll be connected to Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially as a medical need arises. So you get to see the people that you are actually contributing to. You can pray for them. You can have them in your heart and your mind. It's a really encouraging ministry that my wife and I have used. In fact, we delivered our second baby using this ministry. It's affordable and you can join today. We are very, very grateful to have them as partners on our podcast. So check out SamaritanMinistries.org slash Southside Rabbi. Brothers and sisters out there, we have just touched the tip of the iceberg of, of what it is that Dr. Emes is bringing to mm-hmm. our context. So please, brother, before you leave, just plug Urban Apologetics and then also how can our people be connected to the important work you're doing in Philly and across the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, thanks for having me on. Urban Apologetics is really just, I think, a super important thing that we put together, a group of great scholars put together in order to answer the identity question. The subtitle of our book is Restoring Black Dignity with the Gospel. Mm-hmm. If we're going to, the church has to become a missionary again. And in becoming a missionary, we have to be educated and we have to be empathetic and we have to understand that it's spiritual warfare. And so I think it's a great tool for the church. We'll be coming out with some more information, some video series and some curriculum on it to help churches uh, uh, as great as possible. Thanks for the outpouring from thousands of pastors, to be honest, of 
saying that they bought the entire church the book and they're using it as a curriculum. God bless you for that. And so Amen. we have to you and it's not just for black folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you down. know, if you say saying down. you want to be a multi-ethnic church and you're not engaging the heart challenges and the missiological challenges of the people groups that are present in number in your congregation, then you're not being a healthy missiological ecclesial entity. Mm. So listen, uh, Urban Apologetics is for that. I'm excited for the opportunity to help this be a generationally, a generational equipping work for people to be able to answer some questions. There's some, and, and, and the best part of the book also is the end notes mm-hmm. because then it's it really wets your whistle, but then the end notes you can get so many other resources and so many other opportunities to dig in. I love it. And the work we're doing, um, we work with Thriving, which is an organization I run. We'll be bringing out more soon, having events soon, and working through how to uh, resource people who are influenced by urban culture globally. Yep. I love it. I love it. Yep. Praise God. Yep. I am half of Southside Rabbi. My name is KB. I mean the dream. Thank you for rocking with us. Shalom. Yeah.